Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Yeah, speaking of those Milwaukee Admirals, UW Marching Pan in town tonight. Man, that, that, I tweeted out earlier before we did the big show. To me, I love watching the Admirals. Good, affordable, family fun, the whole deal. But to me, that Badger Marching Band shows up, man, that is out of this world good stuff. There is nothing better than watching the Badger Marching Band. I just love me some Badger Marching Band. So uh, if you are looking for something fun to do, Admirals, Entertaining. Badger Marcher Band, entertaining. And it's inside, so you get out of the cold weather a little bit. Makes all the sense in the world. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com uh, for your tickets and information. We'll hear from John Heyman coming up in a half hour. He was on the Wendy's Big Show earlier. I want to stick to baseball. I know that's unpopular. We should be talking Packers 24-7 all the time, every day. I'm fine. But, but I, I, I'm curious about something. So... And I started off the interview with John Heyman, Leroy, and I uh, talking about, you know, steroids, bonds, all that stuff. And I've realized over the course of time, and we're not talking about steroids, so don't turn the channel yet. If you don't like my topic, then you can turn it. But just give me a give me a couple minutes. So I, I realize that when it comes to the steroid debate, a lot of people simply just don't care. It's not a big deal. It tends to be the media who tends to get more worked up about somebody being in the Hall of Fame because they cheated versus somebody not being in the Hall of Fame uh, because they cheated. Normally, if you went out to a sports bar or you took a survey of people at a grocery store, you know, pick and save, uh, or if you were at a mall and you asked people, should Perry Bonds be in or not? Uh, most people probably would say, yeah, sure, whatever. Or people would say, why does it matter? Who cares? I don't care if he's in or not. Most people probably wouldn't have strong opinions of saying no to that. So for that, I always say that the steroid scandal is media driven more than it is anything else because the media members are the ones that seemingly care about it more than fans do. Figured that out over the course of the last decade or so. That's how this works. Now, this is why I'm going to do the topic I'm going to do. Because something else that I'm not sure if it's media-driven or if it's real. And that's why I'm going to rely on you to help me figure this out. 
That is, with what's going on with the players and the owners of Major League Baseball, and there being a CBA, uh, and them having a big uh, to do da back and forth about how much money each side's going to get, how much the young players are going to get, what's the revenue split going to be, uh, is there going to be a bottom floor, is there going to be a salary, hard salary cap, uh, all of these different issues that they're going back and forth on. And then earlier today, uh, John Heyman, you'll hear that coming up about a half hour, uh, I brought up to him that, according to Jeff Passon yesterday, Major League Baseball and their owners wanted to bring in a, a federal mediator to come in and kind of help the situation out. That was a complete failure when they did it back when Bud Selig and Donald Fear were going back and forth prior to losing the World Series and everything else. Um, I thought, well, this can't be a good thing. And John Heyman pointed out, it's the Players Association is never going to approve this. And then, sure enough, an uh, hour or so ago, uh, Players Association comes out with a statement and says, yeah, no, not interested. Don't waste all of our time with this mediator. Let's just get back to talking just us. So it doesn't appear that's going to occur either. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report here right around Valentine's Day or whatever the case may be. Then you get into spring training uh, as well at the, at the end of uh, the month and into the beginning of March. Regular season was supposed to kick off at the end of March and into April. Um, and Major League Baseball begins. It does not appear, as of right now, as we sit here today, that this is going to occur, that they are going to be able to get everything uh, on time and going. I tend to believe that they're probably going to miss probably a good month of the season before they get to playing baseball again in May. And as I've stated before, I think the baseball season is too long anyhow. So if it were up to me, I'd eliminate April and I'd eliminate September. The season would end in August and Labor Day weekend. That is when I would start the season because the way the NFL is going right now, they start their season the Thursday after Labor Day. So you can kick off essentially your playoff coverage that Labor Day weekend. And, you know, it's an extended weekend. So you have all these available dates for baseball to play and so forth in these parks. Makes all the sense in the world. And then the World Series is done by the end of September, so you're not playing in the snow um, or anything of the sort. So even these colder weather cities will still have decent temperatures at the end of September. Uh, and you shave off, I don't know, 50 games or whatever it may be at the end of the day, 40, 50 games. Um, so I'm fine if they miss a month. Like, that's whatever. It is what it is. If they're going to miss a month over this, so be it. But what I want to know from you is this. How big of a deal is it to you if we end up missing games in baseball? Because I'm trying to figure out whether or not this is a media-driven thing where the media always says, oh, fans are going to revolt. Fans are never going to come back. They, they're they going to be done with baseball. Ratings are going to die. And nobody's going to go back to the stadiums. They're going to be so upset at baseball. And they're, they're, it's just never they're, – they're never coming back. It's going to be a horrible thing if they miss games. I, I don't – me personally, I think it's hogwash. I do. If, if they miss a month, two, three months, whatever, when the games open back up, people are going back. They just, just, just are. If you're a baseball fan, lockout, strike, whatever, when your favorite sport starts, I believe that you're going to still go back. I believe when your favorite team is on TV, you're going to watch them. Regardless of their bickering and holding out and missing games, you're going to watch. Why? 
because to a certain degree, you and I are addicted to sports in a weird way. Because if you're listening to this station, more than likely you're a sports fan. I don't know many people that listen to sports talk radio that aren't sports fans, but I guess they, they m- might be. So if you're listening, you are a sports fan. You love sports. Right? And it's Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, Marquette, whoever. That, that's, that's what this is all about for you. So you can say, screw them. I'm never going back to another Brewers game if we don't have baseball, if I have to go through another lockout or another strike. Or screw the Bucks. I'm never going to another NBA game if there's a strike in the NBA. And they never say this about the NFL, by the way. That never happens. No. Packer fans will never say that. But Brewers and Bucks fans, that type of stuff happens. But then when it comes time, you go back. Yeah, you may be angry for a month or two, but you're going back. Some of you may be angry for an entire rest of a season. And next season, you're going back. Because it's, it's what you do. It's what you've done most of your life. You go to baseball games. You go watch your favorite team play, Brewers. Win or lose, you go to Brewers games. You tailgate. You do everything. So for me, that's why I want to ask the question. Like, really, how big of a deal is this really if they don't play games in April and May or June or whatever it ends up being? Like, is it that huge of a deal to you? Are you that passionate about it and you're going to be that mad that you're going to say, ah, to hell with it, I'm done? Are, are, Are you that mad about it? Or is this more media driven where it's, the media going, oh, the world's going to end if they don't play baseball games. Because I kind of feel like that's what it is. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, hop aboard. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Adam Roberts, other side of the glass. You always hear me talk about my friends over at Young Express. They've been doing this for over 31 years. You ever thought about becoming your own boss? Now's the time. Become a successful transporter of expedited freight. Live a stress-free lifestyle. Put the windows down. Turn up the radio to 12.50 a.m. The Fan. And drive, baby, drive, and get paid for it, too. Now, why Young Express? Well, they have a 24-7 dispatch team. Extremely dedicated, taking it very personal to keep drivers moving. At Young Express, you can go over the road one week, Drive local the next. You can mix it up, local, regional, or over the road. Over the road means nationwide, right? That just means you're going from the Midwest, the East Coast, West Coast, down south, up north, whatever. You kind of drive all over the place. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. Now, they're looking for full-time independent contractors today. Join the Young Express team. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express success drives them. Welcome in. It is Sparks Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM. The fan, you played BetQL's giving props. It's back for the game next weekend. Whether you played this free-to-play contest the first three weeks of the postseason or not, you have a brand new shot at winning $2,000. Ten new props already been posted for the game next week, and it's easy. All you got to do is get the most correct picks, and you could have a chance to win two grand. And as long as you sign up at least 15 minutes before kickoff next weekend, you have an equal chance at taking home the $10,000 grand prize. All you have to do is text PROPS, P-R-O-P-S, to 20357. That's PROPS to 20357 right now and make your picks. That's PROPS to 20357. Asking you uh, about this whole thing involving Major League Baseball because it does not look like right now 
that this is going to occur. Uh, they're going to be able to uh, play spring train spring training games on time. It doesn't appear. Uh, and, and again, we're a little ways away from the regular season, but the regular season will start like in the next month. I mean, we're not that far away. Spring training is supposed to start at the end of this month. Regular season at the end of next month, um, beginning of April. And now, as we sit here, they're really far apart. So is this a big deal to you or is this more media driven? Simple question. You tell me as a fan of baseball, which is it for you? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan Cactus Pete says it's a big deal for those of us that live in Arizona and like going to the spring training games. It's a lot of fun and a lot different than going to a regular season game. I agree, Cactus Pete. Uh, from my point of view, having been down there for, I don't know, a decade, going to spring training games every year and doing shows down in spring training with Tim Allen uh, for all those years. Yeah, it is different. It's a lot more relaxed, um, for sure. Uh, players are probably more interactive uh, than they are in the regular season with fans and so far as far as signing autographs and that type of deal. Um, and it's great. And Arizona, I'm sure, makes a ton of money from spring training with all those different teams and so forth down there, all the hotel uh, money, because what they do is they take those hotel rates for spring training and they jack them through the roof. I mean, they get really expensive if you want to go watch a spring training game uh, down in Arizona. So they're going to, I would think from a tourism standpoint, Arizona's going to lose a lot of money here uh, if these games get canceled. I would assume that quite a few people, knowing now what is going on, have probably began canceling their hotel rooms um, going forward here, assuming that these games are not going to play on time. That would be my guess. That's what I would be doing. If I had hotel rooms in the beginning of uh, March, I, I think I would be already in the process of canceling that and just being like, well, we'll go another year. Because they're going to have to have some type of spring training, just don't know when. Now, there is going to be minor league camps put together, it sounds like. Can I first say that I'm okay with minor league camps? I'm good with that. And I don't know if this is being talked about or considered, so I'm just spitballing here. But I don't want to watch if Rob Manfred is in any way thinking of going the NFL way of scab players, I'm going to not be happy. Like, if if the thing is going to be, hey, man, y'all don't want to come and play, y'all want to hold out, fine. The minor leaguers are, are are our guys. We're going to play with them. No problem. So we'll have minor leaguers in Major League Baseball uniforms. Season's going to start on time. We're not going to lose any money, and we're going to play. Now, a couple things to that. One, I don't want to see that. I don't know if that's a possibility or not, but this whole minor league camp thing has me wondering out loud whether or not that is a possibility. Two, from a Brewer fan standpoint, Brewers got enough intriguing prospects that depending on who's playing, I might actually go. As crazy as that sounds. Because I would think that they would have to slash prices, I would think, um, to some of these games. Right? You're going to have to slash prices because you're not giving fans the regular product. You're going to be giving them, um, I don't know, 25%, 30% maybe of the product would be if you actually had Major League Baseball games. But this minor league camp thing that they have going on right now uh, concerns me greatly uh, at this point. 
Uh, got uh, some tweets coming in here from Paul Pressy 25 on Twitter, tweeting at Sparky Radio. Steve, MLB will never have true parity or a salary cap, but anything the owners can do on the margins to help the Brewers is a positive. Willing to have a late start if there truly is something out there to help small markets may not be, though. We play back John Heyman coming up in the next segment. You'll hear John and I towards the end of the year interview kind of go back and forth uh, about the benefits of having a bottom end floor for salaries, meaning instead of saying, okay, I'm going to have a $50 million payroll while the Dodgers have like a $210 million payroll or whatever the case may be. Instead of having that, we're going to say you have to have a payroll of at least $100 million, every team across the board. If you can't handle it, sell your team, get somebody in there that can figure it out, move your location, move cities, whatever. But there's going to be a bottom floor of $100 million. Now, they have the soft cap right now where you have to pay luxury tax. And there's only, I think John says, and you'll hear it coming up, I think there's only like two or three teams that actually touched it. And that's $210 million, I want to believe, uh, is the cap. I think that if you're going to have the floor, that you should have a hard salary cap too. So if I get in at $100 million and say I'm the Pittsburgh Pirates, fine. But don't tell me that this is going to continue to go up, up, up in a way and the top payroll is going to be $300, $350 million with the Dodgers or the Yankees or whoever it's going to be, and I'm still way, way, way behind everybody. If you're telling me the top end is only going to be 200 and the bottom end is going to be 100 and it's not moving throughout this CBA as far as what that number is, okay, I feel better about that. Because 100 to 200 is a lot different than 50 to 250. 100 to 200, again, Pittsburgh is going to be able to field, I would think, a more competitive team with a $100 million payroll than, say, 50. Cleveland, the Guardians, are going to be able to field a more competitive team with $100 million versus 50. Now, Tampa Bay has been winning with virtually no payroll. They've been figuring out a way to do it. But like anything else, you have to have smart people in play in your front office in order to make this work. You have to overcome a lot. That is why what David Stearns has done in Milwaukee is such a big deal. And Craig Council and the front office surrounding him. That's why it is a big deal. Because you want your guys to have a posi- a chance to compete for the playoffs year in and year out. And David Stearns has given them that. Uh, Jay tweets at Sparky Radio, says, what do you mean media-driven? Is this a story being overhyped? No, not at all. In fact, it isn't getting enough coverage based on the fact a major U.S. sport is in danger of missing games because of a labor dispute. So Jay is, I guess, kind of passionate uh, about this and thinks it is a major story. LSU32, FSU30. Oh, I don't think Leroy would like that Twitter handle. Uh, tweets at Sparky Radio. Just keep living life. Bunch of crybaby millionaires and billionaires where the money is never enough. I think that fans, more fans probably, have that viewpoint that I just read about this whole dispute as far as whatever. Just tell me when the games play. Y'all do what you want, whatever you want to do. Just tell me when the games start. Tell me when opening day is for the Brewers, and I'll be there 
uh, with a beverage in hand and a brat on the grill, and I'm ready to roll. Right? That I think that's where a lot of fans are. I don't think a lot of fans necessarily are all hot and bothered by this. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't heard any yet. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250AM, the fan, or of course at Sparky Radio, like quite a few people are doing right now. Uh, We have not checked in with AR, Adam Roberts, and his thoughts uh, on this. Do you think it's media-driven, or do you think the fans really do give a crap? Well, I would hope the fans give a crap, because I will tell you right now, if I have to start driving in in the spring and summer months, and I look wistfully over at American Family Field down I-94, and it's empty on a Wednesday afternoon when there should be baseball, I'm certainly going to give a crap. And I was curious, Steve, uh, for some perspective here. So can you help me out a little bit? How old were you in 1994? I just graduated high school. Okay. so That was the year I graduated high school. So 18. About 18 years old. Yeah. So you probably can remember at least fairly well about what the feeling was like amongst baseball fans during that period. I graduated um, in June. I was interning for the franchise, Tim Allen, at uh, 95 Wheel Rock in Kenosha right away in June. Then I was on the payroll in that little radio station cluster in Kenosha by September. Um, And then Tim and John Weiser uh, did a sports talk show on Saturdays that I would help produce. So we were talking about it through, through that whole thing as that whole thing was going on. Did it seem like fans gave a crap then? Oh, fans. Oh, my God. The world was ending. Fans were livid. It was a lot of what I just said, which is, to hell with you. I'm never going back. Don't care. Never coming back. You cost us a World Series. This, that, and every other thing. Cost us a season. To hell with you. You don't care about us. I don't care about you. We're not going back. When they came back, Adam, these players were instructed, you go by the entrances. When these guys come in, you welcome them. Sign in full uniform. These players were right there when they would walk into the stadium. They would all meet the fans, whoever wasn't out by the gates. They would stand along both sides of the bleachers, right, at County Stadium. And they would sign before the game. Normally, you get a man, three, four, five guys maybe come over. Back then, they all would come over and sign for nothing. They'd set up little things where you could sign for nothing. Uh, as well after games or whatever. Like it was ab- above and beyond everything they possibly could do to try and win the fans back. That's all it was. These players were told by Major League Baseball and probably by their agents and everybody else, we got work to do. We got to fix this. You have to be, you know, overly nice to the fans and treat them like royalty essentially to win them back. That'd be a great opportunity for me to get a Yelich autograph, I suppose. You may not have to stand in line for Christian Yelich any longer. Mm. There may not be as long of a line. He hasn't really done anything in like three years. That's fair. Um, but either way. But I mean, that to me, yeah, that was bad, man. I mean, Donald Fear, oh, to this day, I call him like the little devil. I can't stand that dude. Can't stand him. Now, he is running the NHL Players Association. But he is a big re- Well, he is the reason why that whole thing happened when it happened. This, first of all, revenue sharing came out of that. That's how revenue sharing started in baseball was from that. The soft cap that we're talking about came from that. So a lot got done. Okay. A lot got done, but not everything. And we go to drug testing and all these people uh, over this whole Barry Bonds say, but knew he didn't do anything about it. Screw Bud. Bud shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame either. Listen here. 
Bud wanted drug testing. He fought for drug testing against fear. At some point, they had to figure out how much more were they willing to lose over drug testing. Do they want to miss another season over drug testing? Like, how much more could they stand to lose game-wise and fan-wise before they had to go back? So they had to make a decision. And that was one of the things is a whatever. I'm I'm done. Like we've missed so much already. I've got a lot accomplished. Done. To hell with it. Let's just get back. We'll deal with this later. And they went back. And then Bonds and uh, not Bonds. Solson McGuire, home run derby all year. And that really, I mean, to be honest with you, that is what brought a lot of fans back, man. Anytime McGuire or Sosa were on TV, by the time we got to I don't know, July, June, even June, June, July, man, everybody was in front of their TVs watching. Everybody wanted to see how crazy it was going to get. By the time August came, it was like a Packer game was on. Everybody was watching Sosa and McGuire. That's really- and then you wanted to see the post-game pressers by the time you got to August and September. So you'd watch him hit the home run, then you'd watch your post-game presser because they were doing something that most of us had never seen. That's really interesting because if I am, and I was negative four years old when I'm referencing around the late 80s, but baseball had been on a bit of a popularity decline before 94, a little bit anyway, as football goes up, baseball goes down. So I guess to answer your question originally, is it a big deal to me if the season does not start on time? I kind of side with what Dave says to you on Twitter at Sparky Radio. He cares a lot, says, I'm a baseball fan and would like there to be a season, but from their squabbling two years ago to this now makes me want to spend fewer dollars on gear slash tickets. So, I mean, will it stop me from going to a baseball game forever again? Of course not. I moved here partially because I could be close to Brewer games. From lacrosse. Exactly. Right. So I'm still going to games. But, I mean, if I walk by the Brewer's Pro Shop and I see, you know, those $100 game jerseys, I mean, I didn't buy them before and I'm definitely not going to buy them after. Agreed. This is the one thing that will turn off people and irritate people. If you miss games in April and May or whatever, and then you come back and say, oh, by the way, the ticket prices that we were talking about, mm, sorry, we're going to have to raise them next year because now we're giving up more a piece of the pie to the players. Owners are making enough money now as we wanted to, so prices are going to go up across Major League Baseball. Like, that's not going to sit very well. From a small market perspective, You want the economics of the game fixed. The only way I know it can be fixed for certain is hard cap and a floor, whatever it is. If you want to make it 100 million to 2 million, if you want to make it 75 to 175, whatever, that's how it's going to get fixed. Um, And we'll hear from John Heyman coming up here uh, next and hear how he thinks uh, or what he would do uh, to necessarily fix this whole problem. Plus, we bring up uh, to John Heyman, Leroy Butler, and myself about the steroids and the voting and voting for Barry Bonds and then seeing the Doug Glanville uh, article about why he doesn't think any of those guys belong in the Hall of Fame and how that kind of changed John Heyman's perspective. So that's coming up next. Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman is up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, the segment is brought to you by Jim Dandies, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Watch all your favorite teams at Jim Dandies while enjoying awesome food and friendly vibes. It's all happening at Jim Dandies, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Big fan. New York Strip, bone-in ribeye, fish fries on Friday nights. So good. Food's so, so good. Under new ownership there, Charlie and his gang do a great job over at Jim Dandy's on South 27th Street. Uh, Okay, so uh, a response from Major League Baseball. This comes courtesy of Jeff Passan uh, on Twitter uh, of, of course, ESPN. MLBPA uh, earlier today said, yeah, no. Pass, no arbiter. We're not dealing with arbiters. We just want to negotiate with you. That's it. So here is the response from Major League Baseball. Quote, our goal is to have players on the field and fans in the ballparks for spring training and opening day. With camps scheduled to open in less than two weeks, it is time to get immediate assistance from the Federal Mediation and Consultation Service to help us work through our differences and break the deadlock. It is clear the most productive path forward would be the involvement of an impartial third party to help bridge gaps and facilitate an agreement. It is hard to understand why a party that wants to make an agreement would reject mediation from the federal agency specifically tasked with resolving these disputes, including many successes in professional sports, not in baseball. MLB remains committed to offering solutions at the table and reaching a fair agreement for both sides. Can I just say, um, if y'all haven't even made a counteroffer, how are you all doing what you're supposed to be doing? Like, I don't understand. They say the Players Association, they haven't even countered, like, at all. Like, what what, what are we supposed to do here? Jeff Passan, uh, after putting that statement out from ESPN, puts, the public war of words has ratcheted up in the last 24 hours since MLB sought assistance from a federal mediator to address the league's lockout of the players now in its third month. After the union's statement earlier, players took to social media to urge more bargaining, which they did, and we retweeted that uh, earlier uh, from the Big Show Network account telling you said it before i'm gonna say it again there was a piece in the athletic uh so this has been going on three months i guess it would be like four months ago on the attorney that is helping the players association out. and i'm here to tell you this dude if you read that piece it appears he's in this for him it appears to me could be wrong it appears to me that he's in this to make a name for himself now when do we get to that point of you know, they're becoming more and more talk about uh, specific people involved in the player side and so forth. Don't know. But by this point in the strikes season that we were talking about with Donald Fear, everybody knew Donald Fear was by this point. Everybody. 
because he was in the public eye the entire time. Now, that hasn't been the case uh, with the Players Association yet. But as we get deeper into this, eventually that's going to be the case. And you'll see more interviews and the talking heads uh, will have some of these guys on both sides uh, addressing it more and more as we go forward here. So we'll see. I'll see which way it goes. All right, John Heyman uh, joined us earlier today in the Wendy's Big Show with Leroy Butler and myself. Uh, it was at, uh, what was it, 1035, I guess it was this morning. Uh, and I started off talking to him uh, about the fact uh, that, you know, let's start off talking about the Hall of Fame voting. He voted for Bonds, but then he saw the Glanville article after the fact, Doug Glanville, former baseball player, talking about how pretty much there's no reason any of these uh, alleged steroid guys should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and John pretty much kind of said, wow. You know, that, that kind of completely changes my opinion on this whole situation. That doesn't matter because Bonds is off of the ballot in 10 years, but that's what I brought up to John to start off with. Well, first of all, that was a brilliant piece by Doug Glanville and very personal about uh, competing against all oh, these guys who obviously cheated. I know there are people who don't want to want to pretend we don't know who cheated, but we we do know who cheated. You know, I did vote for Barry Bonds uh, because I believe he was a Hall of Famer even before he started taking steroids. I'm I, by the narrative that he didn't do steroids until about 2000. Uh, by 96, there's not one player in the history of baseball who had both more home runs and stolen bases than Barry Bonds. That's by 96. So mm. that's why I justify that. Otherwise, you know, I feel like generally these guys have already made more money than they should have. They garnered more awards than they should have and got more accolades. So uh, I generally do not support uh, the Hall of Famers. But if somebody... Wants to go straight by the stats, I get it. The seven most accomplished players, the seven guys with the best stats on the ballot all had that steroid link. And, uh, you know, I, I get it. If someone wants to vote for them, it's a lot easier just to go by the stats and do that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a little justice here, so I generally do not vote for the steroid users. Yeah, because it's kind of weird because some of these guys actually work for teams. So the MLB. They, they kind of have jobs, but they don't. I, I don't. I want to move past that because that's a touchy subject. Because I agree with you, Barry Bonds with the man. Now I want to get to this because a, a lot of people think we're into February now, John. You know, pitchers and catchers. People start to think about that a little bit. The Brewers have hired a few guys. We even talked about Ricky Weeks and, um, and things of that. You know, good things, but we still see no movement. So the MLB requested us by a source allegedly a mediator to get involved. What does that tell you? If a mediator is that good or is it bad? Well, um, it tells you that they're desperate and frustrated and don't feel like they can work something out with the union. So, uh, you know, I'm discouraged uh, seeing that. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to say they're at a complete impasse right now, but uh, the progress has been so slow, it's not even worth talking about. <clears throat> you know, basically, all that's been conceded or offered at this point is that, um, you know, the MLB has offered the universal DH, which helps the players. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll have more high-salaried players who can remain in the game and get, get longer contracts because they can remain as a DH. Uh, and the union um, has, offered, uh, very, has offered one or two things as well, and that's about it. In terms of the big, the big things, the competitive balance tax, which is also called the luxury tax, they've made almost no progress on that. Um, you know, uh, they just really have not... They're basically... Right now, uh, at status quo where they were, and the the 
uh, union is obviously shooting for a lot more. Uh, the, the salaries have stagnated the last couple of years, so I get it. I, I, I see why they want to kind of make up for the last couple of contracts, mm-hmm. but uh, – you know, at this point, it's very discouraging what's what's going on. Yeah, John, let me ask you this. Now, did they benefit by – you got the Super Bowl next week. Um, people – the NBA is starting to pick up a little bit. They haven't been in the headlines very much. Do you think they benefit by that, or do you think some of these negative headlines are coming? Because the baseball fans are going to be like, wait a minute, spring training's coming. I want to try to get my flights, my hotels together. And, and then you'll probably see maybe like in, in March, the fans are going to get a little antsy. You may see something get done by then. Yeah, I mean, they, they may benefit a bit because the other sports are really uh, garnering the big headlines at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, NFL, not all the headlines are positive, as you guys know. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. latest lawsuit by uh, Brian right. Flores, which is really a blockbuster but they are headlines, and they're bigger headlines than what's going on with MLB, which is basically no progress, which is basically the little subhead every day, no progress. I will say this. The, the football Super Bowl, I guess for, that's redundant. The Super Bowl is February 13th, a little bit later than usual. Uh, normally, spring training begins around February 14th, somewhere mm. in there. Um, I'm, you know, I think it's going to look very bad if there's no deal by then. And I, I don't anticipate that there will be a deal. I mean, we're talking about uh, nine days away for the Super Bowl. And uh, once the Super Bowl's over, then I think people will start focusing um, on baseball and what's going on there. And, uh, you know, the longer this drags on, the worse it is at this point. Very unlikely spring training begins on time, which was supposed to be somewhere in that February 14th to 16th area. And I would say not that likely that the season begins on time. I'm still hopeful that they play a full season. They can they can delay the season, play games in November if they have to in, in the postseason. But um, it's not good what's going on. It's probably good that uh, they're hidden by all the NFL headlines. Talk with John Heyman, uh, Odyssey MLB uh, insider, MLB Network insider. Follow him on Twitter at John Heyman. Uh, so what about this news that Jeff Passan was uh, reporting yesterday about a federal mediator uh, is being sought by Major League Baseball to come in and try and resolve this thing? What 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 is the chances of it working? Because I remember back with Bud and Donald Fear. Um, and <laughs> we lost a World that. Series and that. everything else. So, that. you know, Leroy that. brought it up before. I, I have absolutely no hope that this is actually going to work. <laughs> None. Zero, <laughs> zilch, not a bit that this is actually going to happen, John. Yeah. I don't know how much faith you have in it. No. I have none. No, I agree. I, I don't think, I don't, the union has to agree to it, too. It's not mandatory. Yeah, yeah that's so. true. Um, they're not going to agree to it. They don't want it. They don't believe in it. They don't think the mediator really knows the issues and understands uh, the plight of the players at this point. So uh, they won't agree to it. So I, I don't see it happening. Um, if I recall, and I was covering it at that time, it, it obviously was, you know, we're talking more than a, a generation ago, more than 25 years ago, yeah. uh, Ussery was the mediator at that point. Right. Now it's Beckenbaugh. It's a different guy. So, you know, maybe he would do better. I don't know. He did. He was given credit for resolving the NHL CBA issue. So, but, I mean, you, you need to, to agree on this. Um, but, you know, I don't think that the president can order it. I, I do think 
Clinton kind of pushed it in uh, 94, and Ussery came in and didn't do anything. They didn't like it. Uh, you know, is it possible that the president could order it? It's possible, but I, I would say it's – I don't see Joe Biden ordering it, even, even if he's allowed to. I mean, not that I know Joe Biden personally, but um, I, hmm. I just uh, – I don't see that happening. Um, All right, so – the union has to agree, and they will, they will not agree to it. Let's go back oh, to some boy. of the smaller things that you brought up earlier, uh, which is the universal DH. It appears, because I saw you tweet, that both sides are okay with the universal DH. Okay. So, yes. it, so from that standpoint, then, how does that help or hurt teams in the National League like the Milwaukee Brewers? Because, to be honest, they don't have just another bat that they can just plug in there and be good to go with the DH, number one. Number two... One of the strengths, I think, of Craig Council is the double switch and doing all this nonsense. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And you kind of take that out of the manager's hands with that designated hitter. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the few things that it's kind of agreed to. Another thing is the expanded playoffs. The the union's okay with 12 teams. Uh, MLB had wanted more, but the union didn't make that concession uh, for 12 teams. But, uh, you know, the Universal DH, both sides want it. The MLB wants it uh, because they think it lessens the chances of injury for the pitchers. And uh, obviously uh, the the players have wanted it forever because it brings in another high-salaried player and and can extend some guys' careers. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's going to help some teams that might have that extra depth, that have that extra bat. Um, You know, there is certainly more strategy when you have the, the pitcher hitting, but there is some strategy to who plays DH too, and whether you move it around, whether you go out and get one DH like Ortiz or JD Martinez, as Boston's done, but most teams move it around now. So there is still strategy. It is less strategy, but both sides have kind of agreed to keep the health of the players, and it's a limited amount of money that's going over the players in this. And uh, so, I mean, at least it's a positive in terms of the negotiation that they can agree on that anyway. Mm-hmm. But. And the money, on the money, which is, of course, what it's all about anyway, they are not close. They're not making much progress. Okay, I, I got to stay on this mediation thing because this is fascinating to me because, man, you're smart. I didn't know all that stuff 25 years ago, but I hear some of this stuff. But it, let, let's just stay there. John, if you were the mediator, you walk in the room with the union and Major League Baseball, and how would you fix it? I mean, I mean, because you know what both sides want. You kind of know what both sides can live with. It will come down to the money, so you have to bring a financial guy in there with you. But these are millionaires and billionaires and trillionaires and cadillionaires, so fans don't really care about the money part of it. But if the if the owners are going to cry about money, why are they signing these guys to do $300 million deals? So they'll pay top guys money. So how would you fix this thing, John? Um, well, you know, uh, first I work at MLB Network, so you know you, everybody can judge what I say based on that. But I, I, I would always oh, hypothetical. Say that, it's all hypothetical. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I would say, and this an MLB offer early that was rejected, that I still don't understand why. But I, of course, I'm not a labor lawyer. I'm not even a lawyer. Uh, why not have the uh, salary floor for players for the for the teams? Agreed. You know, have a payroll floor, uh, right? Yeah, have like a floor. Spending. Fifty million, and of course, the union has been complaining about these teams. That, that in fact, I think they challenged them. Uh, you know, the, uh, sued might be a hard word, but they they complained about them, and uh, it hasn't gone to it hasn't become a case yet, but it, it will be uh, about Tampa and Oakland and two other teams, Pittsburgh, uh, that aren't aren't 
spending to win, even though Tampa's managing to win without spending. Um, I would say that I would agree on the MLB side that have a floor, but have it be a soft floor. Like they right now, you don't have a cap, but you have a soft cap where you have a, a luxury tax limit. You have a threshold, and if you go over it, you can go over it, but you, you're penalized if you go over. It. You have to pay tax. I would say have a eighty million or a hundred million dollar floor, which would encourage every team to spend uh, at least reasonable amount of money. I mean, right now you got teams spending fifty million when you had the Dodgers over two fifty. So I would raise that. That would help salary. Would you have a ceiling as well, or just a floor? Just the one they have now. I don't know. The reason the union has not been in favor of this is they think it means you have to have a cap, but they already agreed to the cap. In my way of thinking, the luxury tax threshold acts as a cap. It was agreed to in 1995. And uh, last year was $210 million. It's certainly quite a deterrent. Only the Dodgers and the Padres went over it, and the Padres went over it by pennies, which was kind of a mistake. But they went over it by pennies, and they'll have to pay a little bit on tax, but the Dodgers have to pay a significant amount, but it mm, certainly mm, discouraged mm. other teams from going over, so it does act as a kind of pseudo-cap already, so I don't know why they wouldn't have a floor, whereas you, if you don't spend the $100 million, say, you lose draft picks or something like that, it's not a solid floor, but it's at least a soft floor, so that, that would be number one. No, number two, I, I would pay the younger players more money. There's too great a disparity when you've got... you got... Max Scherzer making $43 million, and you've got um, all of these guys, almost half the players, I think, made under 500000 last year. Not, not that you're poor making under 500000 but remember, these guys' careers, on average, are only three to four years. So, you know, if you're one of the best in the world at something, I, I do think they should be paid more. Was Their minimum salary was five seventy. The MLB's offering six fifteen, but... Because counting inflation and the fact there's such a disparity now, I would raise that quite a bit. The union had asked for six, seven seventy-five, but I, I kind of think they have a better point on that. It should be probably seven hundred or more than that. There needs to be some way to get more money to the younger players. I mean, to me, the NBA is not really straight capitalism because if it was, you know, LeBron would be making two hundred fifty million a year, and the guys on the bench would be making you know a couple million. And, you know, I can remember there are guys that barely play that make 9 or $10 million on the end of the bench in the NBA, and LeBron <laughs> makes, what, I don't know, $30 million, 40, I don't know. That's not really what well, Giannis the is making. Are. Giannis is going to be making $50 million a year. I'll give you an idea. All right, worth so every penny. 50, yeah. 50, but if, if we went by straight capitalism, yep. it's probably worth 250 But see, this is my you thing. Know, I right. want to go back to what yeah. you said earlier. We've only got like three minutes. But what you, you said earlier about the floor – uh, and the top, I, I think you get the Pirates, the A's, and Tampa to to buy into. Okay, if the floor is going to be a hundred million, fine. Mm-hmm. But then we want the hard cap at two hundred million because we don't want to spend a hundred million and then five years from now everybody's spending three hundred million and the gap is just as big and yeah. we're losing more money than we were before. But if yeah. we're gonna we if we're guaranteeing ourselves worst case scenario, our payroll is at half if we meet the criteria. We feel we're in a better situation to compete year in and year out. I think those smaller market teams would be down for it. But if you're not willing to do that and that top end is going to continue to grow, I think that's going to continue to be a problem. It isn't growing, though. It isn't growing. The soft cap has worked. The Yankees' payroll was $205 10 years ago, 
and it was two hundred five million this year. Mm. Okay, it worked as a cap. Okay, fine. So I, I don't think they should really be concerned about that. There's one team that's willing to go way over the Dodgers, and now that the Mets have Steve Cohen, it's probably two teams that are willing to oh, go yeah. over and oh, yeah. pay the tax. But you know, this has been the union's argument. Just like I mean, what you're saying, the union fears uh, that uh, it will b- bring a hard cap. But I think if you have a soft cap on the top, which we've had for 30 years, but John, why does the union care okay if it's a hard a cap? cap on the bottom? But John, why does the union care if it's a hard cap if only two teams are going over the cap anyhow? Mm. Why does it matter? It's only going to affect so two teams. Want, the union doesn't want anything to cap salaries. That that I get. I, I understand why they don't want a hard cap, but I don't think that the soft Floor, the the soft uh, number for the 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 floor the, right. the, that I'm proposing that doesn't necessarily lead to a hard cap. They've already got a soft cap on top. Right. If you go over the 210 mm-hmm. million, you got to pay a penalty. So if you go under the 100 million, you should pay a penalty. That way, it's even. I don't see anything wrong with that. And right now, you got teams. I think the Indians are going to be around 40, 50 million, or something like that, or even less. Um, you know, I think we need to encourage these teams to spend more. And, you know, these players in small markets should be making more. And the younger players should be making more. I mean, it's certainly a lot of inequities here. I mean, the, the fact that Scherzer's making $43 million and there's more than half the league's making under 500000 About half the league is making yep. 500000 Now, I agree in capitalism, he is worth way more. But just to be fair about it, it doesn't make any sense. The guys have toiled in the minors for seven, eight years. They finally get up, and then their their minimum salary, you know, is not going to, you know, be commensurate with what they're producing. If you're on a major league team, you're worth more than five hundred seventy thousand dollars. I'm with you. Six fifteen. Yep. MLB is proposing. I'm with you, yeah, Johnson. You guys, uh, pretty darn good at what you do to make it into the top seven fifty exactly. uh, players in in the world. There is John Heyman, or Odyssey MLB insider, of course, brought to you by Bet. QL, become a better sports better, get smarter to beat the books, download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. Today, Rami Makhlouf is here. His show starts in about five minutes or so on 1250 AM, The Fan, with uh, the Rami show. What do you got, Rami Makhlouf? Coming up on the Rami show today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Yeah. Everybody's got sources these days. Yeah. Everybody's got sources. I have none. Hmm? I have none. Do you have to, though? Yes. Do you? Well, I don't have to, no, but... (laughs) I mean, if I mean, do you have to to report stuff? Oh, you're going to be one of those fans? <laughs> I'm not even surprised. So today, we want to know, what are your sources telling you? What are your sources telling you? Do you have any idea? Of what how- are your quote, quote sources, quote, telling you? This is the great thing. About the Aaron Rodgers situation. This is, do you know what I think would be a lot easier? What's that? That all of these ESPNs, all these guys, should fire Woj, fire... Schefter, uh, Fire Rosenthal, Heyman, like all of them should get fired. And that way, fans like you can just wait for the press releases to come out for the teams and have no idea what's going on. I think it's funny. I think it's funny, and I'm not not somebody who piles on these guys. I just think it's funny. Because there are so many people that do. And I'm just like, to me, nothing irritates me more than going after a guy that has worked 30, 40 years to build. I'm not doing that. Uh, uh, sources within all these teams yeah, sometimes right. 
They give them bad information. Sometimes things fall apart after they're told something's going to go down, whatever. Nothing irritates me more than know-it-all fans that rip these guys, that sit in their basement, know absolutely not a damn thing about anything, but, hey, we're on Twitter, Why so I'm so going to go rip up? these guys. Some fun. Because I hate this. I hate people that go after guys that go I'm not going after sources. anybody. I hate it. I'm not going after anybody. I'm just having me, fun with the Aaron Rodgers That irritates situation. me more than about anything that I see on social that media. That was not the intended Guys, work their asses reaction. off. And then we're gonna go after the sources. I've said the same. Drives thing. me nuts. I've said. Can you calm down for a second? You're the one who's doing the topic. Do your topic. I've, I've said the same thing you have. So stupid. We're just having some fun. All right. What else you got? This isn't to go after. I anybody. hope the I hope the rest of it's not gonna piss me off too. What I, else? You I've got? said people. Does, Adam Schefter deserves an apology from a lot of people out there. Now nah, he's a troll about like the Tom Schefter. Brady thing and about the Aaron Rodgers thing. All he did was be right. The Brady before thing. Anybody was, else. The Brady thing. He was right. Yeah. I guess, and he sure. was right about yes. the Rodgers thing too. All along. You just didn't like the timing of it. You're right because okay. he didn't. He didn't need to do it there, and he knows it. Well, and that, that 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 there's a difference between having right sources and deciding when I'm going to steal a spotlight from something. That dude decided in his brain. He decided. You know what? I'm going to take the spotlight of every college kid whose night this was supposed to be a big deal of. I'm going to steal the day for myself. That that was not cool. Sorry, and I'm not even talking about Jordan Love necessarily or anybody else. Whoever got drafted. In that round, that well, all weekend, all three days, nobody cared. It was about Rodgers, the whole thing. He stole it. He could have waited on that story till Monday. Nobody else was going with that story. Go ahead. So Ryan Horvat will be here at BetMGM tonight, three forty-five at four o'clock. Did Chris Middleton deserve to get in? Did Drew Holiday deserve to get in? And do you really want any of these guys going and playing in the All Star game? Yeah, we talked about that earlier about um, why did Middleton make it and not Drew. And I, I think there is a lot to the fact of you get rewarded on what you did at the end of the previous year, mm-hmm. and if you've already been an All Star, yep, if you've already been a an All Star. This is name recognition. If you've already been an All Star, then you get to be an All Star again. Especially if you are Middleton, who was money for that team in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year, so they reward you again. I don't think he's been as consistent as Drew Holiday has. I mean, Chris has been normal Chris up and down. That that's who this dude's been this year again, like he is every year. So he gets to go. Again, if you look at Drew Holiday's numbers, we were looking at his numbers versus Van Vliet. Looking at his numbers, uh, who else were we looking at? Garland, some of these other guys. I mean, he's relatively in the ballpark of some of these guys. But like mm-hmm. LaMelo Ball, people think he should be there. Tyler Hero, people think he should be there. His Jalen Brown. Field, t- Tyler, uh, Tyler Hero and Van Vliet's uh, field goal numbers are trash. They're horrible. Um, so for me, if I was going to go pick which one would I want to put in, Holiday would replace Van Vliet. If I'm looking to say, who should he replace? Mm-hmm. For me, it would be Van Vliet. Okay. So That's we'll talk about that at 4 o'clock. Boston at sucks. 4.30, we're going to play a, a little game on the Rami show. It's called Olympian. Uh, your hate for the Olympics. Now. Or random person we happen to know. Olympian or random person who we happen to know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.